Hi, I'm Cameron, and I don't just read comics, I love them. On today's episode of Cameron Reads Comics, my friend Hannah and I are talking about our favorite things of the year. So, just a warning, there are going to be full and complete spoilers for Spider-Man No Way Home and some other properties that came out this year. Basically, if we say it's our favorite, we are going to spoil it, so listen with caution. As always, remember to follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube at Cameron Reads Comics, and make sure to stay and listen to the end of the episode, because I got some cool announcements coming your way. Also, make sure to climb with those like and subscribe buttons, as well as leave me a five-star rating and review on iTunes. Now, here's your episode. just right here this is so comfortable though isn't it yeah this oh. is a lot better welcome back to a brand new episode of Cameron Reads comics um i'm cameron i don't just read comics i love them um we are finally recording our best of the year episode big shout out to all my patrons that have been so patient as i kind of figure out the new lifestyle that i have and the new podcast schedule within that cameron's um, a big boy now cameron's a big boy hannah and i are just chilling out uh at my apartment actually this is the brand second episode of the year for you guys and myself actually recording but and i'm back this is the coziest episode of the podcast we've ever done it's true how do you feel about it oh, i'm happy to be here for it hannah's sitting on a couch as opposed to an uncomfortable office chair i'm really i'm not just sitting on the couch my shoes are off i'm relaxed i'm lean back we had a couple glasses i had of wine. some wine <laughs> We're 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 starting the new year off. Cameron right. cooked me dinner. Oh hell hell yeah, I did, and it was romantic. But the only kisses she got were the Hershey's kind, <laughs> because I have a bag left over from Christmas. Yeah, I went in for those well before dinner too. Yeah, I said, "Girl, those were, those were dessert. <laughs> That's about as much dessert as I can afford." Anyways, um, uh, that's your okay. best intro by far. It is. I love it. I love it. Okay, so this is the best of the year episode. Uh, Hannah and I have done this before. We're doing it again. I don't know if we're we're kind of changing some stuff. We changed the format on this episode. Yep. Uh, briefly, we've done. Um, well, it had to have been different right off the bat from last year because we didn't have a quarantine watch. Yeah. There was di- there was major differences. And there's other factors that we talked about too. Like we didn't do a quarantine and and. Uh, even on top of that too, like with, we know now that there is going to be a, uh, a best picture. I think we knew it then too, but we're going well, to do a best picture yeah, episode. That's true. So a lot of the films that you are going to hear us talk about, it's only within our scope of what we've actually seen. We know that there are better movies or, or, or just other movies that have come out and that yeah. we aren't going to have the window to talk about right now. Yeah. And right off the bat, I will say, cause I made a note of it that, had I seen the French Dispatch and or Come On, Come On, I think just knowing myself and what I like, they most likely yeah. would have been something I would have mentioned in this episode, but yeah. I haven't seen them yet. I don't know where they'll fall in the Oscar one. I could see Come On, Come On from what I've heard being like a That's somewhere in there. So it, we'll, we'll most likely bring it up again. But I just, to that point, 
there are ones that I would have seen. And also, can I just say specifically for the movies, there is like we I haven't seen um what's his face. Uh, there was literally like what I'm trying to say is there was a week in time or like a mo- a full straight month where seven movies were released. And like it was like Last Duel, Last Night in Soho, oh, right? Uh, no Time to Die, Venom, all of these. Like Eternals came out, and Shang Chi had been out. I waited forever to see Shang Chi. I think you guys you are waited still too long. You guys are still waiting for my review on that, which will come eventually. It's just like, oh my goodness, there's just no time to be able to read and take in or or watch all this stuff. Ridley Scott had two movies that came out within a week of one another, and he got so mad that nobody watched Last Duel. It's like, hey man, like you also have to understand the scope of all the the content that is coming our way. Like I I told Hannah she was there. This is the year I got AMC Stubs because mm-hmm. I'm like I want to be able to watch all this, and basically I missed that entire window of movie dumb. Right, and also. In relation to last year's episode that we did, there wasn't as much time. Yeah. Between like what you're doing in your life and what I'm doing in mine, like the timing to sit and watch a movie is is less and less, I feel like. And so it's, I'm a little more select and also accessibility, right? Like if it came out on like Netflix or HBO, I most likely watched it. If it came out in theaters, it was a much slower. Yeah get up for me and even even though i prefer movie theaters to watching a movie at home of course and like even with some of the stuff that we were talking about with um with with some of the mcu stuff frankly yeah it's like okay do i want to go see this late in the theater or how much longer is it going to be on disney plus you know i never saw the eternals because i knew it was coming out on disney plus and it comes out january 12th and i'm like i'm just gonna wait because i'm i've got a week at this point yeah and so like literally it's um just one of those things where, you know, they, they, they're new as, as we have matured our lists and our, our, uh, selection has matured. That's really it. Has it? We, our lives are now subject to these things that dictate what's going on in them. And, Oh yes. But and, I wouldn't say that my day, I wouldn't say that my taste and has matured. Okay. Well, our list, I considered jungle cruise. Hannah really did. That's a movie to mention tonight. Speaking of, okay, <laughs> now going into the lists themselves, um, yeah. we've uh, we've we've changed them. So here's the new list structure for our best of the year episodes. I'm actually really excited for these. Um, for this structure number one, uh, we're gonna go best best album. I all we almost cut it, but then we were like, Meh, I don't know. Uh, so we didn't. So Hannah's like, oh, actually, I want to talk about this one, and I was like, okay. And so I I found luckily an album in 2021 because you know music is just like. I've been listening to a ton of bands from 2017 and I'm like, wow, this is, this is what I'm doing this now. So you just find new things. Anyways, best, best album, best uh, TV show, best comic book TV show, best movie, best comic book movie. And then I'm throwing in best ongoing comic book series and best single issue of a comic of a comic series that came out this year. I will not be in those conversations. Not yet. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Next year, Hannah, it's going to be different for us. And then um, lastly, uh, we, uh, we have ad- added uh, a section, which is the honorable mention, Ugh, which yeah. is going to be the Hannah gave me a questionable look. She's Wait, like, did what? you list any of the other ones yet? Like no. movie, TV show? Did I not do movie? Best I don't know. Movie, you might best, have. Best comic book movie. Uh, and then, you might have done all of those and I was completely zoning out. You know what? I have the list on my iPad as we go through this. And so we, you guys will find You'll out. you figure it out. <laughs> it's not going to be that hard. See, isn't it nice to have Hannah back? 
<laughs> um, okay, so, but we're going to end it with the honorable mention, which is one from any category that was so close and we just wanted to include, uh, but it didn't make our number one. So, anyways, let's go first. Best album, Hannah. Wait, wha- I just have to okay. say. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> that I was know. quick. <laughs> okay, I will say, though, I have an honorable mention in almost every category because I'm completely indecisive and I have reasons multiple reasons for liking each thing i'm not if i mention more than i will i i'll i promise i will give my number one i also might just say but i really loved this yes yeah, it's not gonna in. be my my honorable mention i i have picked it and i could go at length about it and i'm almost positive we will be talking about it again yes oh, spoiler for what <laughs> <laughs> for what category my honorable mention is gonna be okay so for so there's okay to make it clear to the audience which we gotta find out a way to, we made this literary category up like five minutes ago so <laughs> no you gave me this category like a month ago no no honorable just, mentions oh yeah you're we right. made it up five minutes ago because we were like true. i was like ooh, 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 you know as you're making these lists and I, I if you guys are listening to this and you're making a list please comment uh, yeah. Comment if you're listening on YouTube. Comment your list to us because we would love to read and see. I need it. I need more more like, content. Yeah, and we want to know what you guys are watching and reading and listening to too. So, um, anyways, going forward with this one, um, there's an honorable mention, like obviously within every category, but an actual like topic of one. discussion. Our number one honorable mention. Okay. The best second placer. Okay. Yes, so yes, yes, yes. Best album. Oh, that's what we're starting with? Yes. Okay, fine. It's the least relevant one to the entire list, frankly. Yeah, fair enough. Okay. <laughs> so this was the one that I was like really conflicted, but I think I'm going to have to stick with Saw Rock by John Mayer because... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Hannah and I listen to different music. <laughs> I know. But what I'm... My second... Okay. Here's the thing. I picked this one because although it's not my favorite album John Mayer's ever done, and although I would argue that my runner-up is a better album in terms of like lyrics beats musically it's a better album i listened to sob rock it's called sob rock like cry rock yes this is on brand so far i know i've listened to it a lot and i feel like if it's an album that i came back to consistently the other one is super what from zarface would have been my second, oh, would have been my, was my, my runner up. And the only reason I picked Saw Rock as number one is because Zarface is much more like particular to when I'm listening to it. Yeah. But. Saw Rock is not. It's MF Doom. It's, there's a, it's, it's a better album through and through. It's just for me, I don't put it on quite as often. Wait, wait. So what just happened there? Is that your honorable mention? <laughs> No. Okay, you just went on. Okay. That well, was she, not even that long of a tangent. You know what? We love Zarface. No, I'm just wondering. I'm like, wait, where are you saying? That I, was going to be my honorable mention. Okay. And now that we're talking about it, maybe Super What's actually number one in Sob Rock's This is always, one. this is what Hannah and I always do. Because you remember last year we had to shelf Run the Jewels 4, which was. No, we gave that our number one, I thought. We gave it a mutual number one, but we had, no, we had to shelf it. That's what I always say. Because it was like, so we, good. It was so good and we can go at, on at length about it. But like, okay, let's give room okay. for other number ones. Okay, so that's how I feel about Super What. I could Honestly, probably, I'll go in on that because I forgot that album came out this year. I could probably go at length about that album. And we will later. And also man. comics. And like, yeah, no, that, it's so relevant. And like, it's so relevant. Zarface was my number one Spotify artist last year, which was like crazy to think about. It was number two or three for me. Oh yeah. my, I love Zarface. And like, like the best one of the best gifts I ever got was the Zarface. Uh, it's his first album t-shirt. And uh, what is it? 
The first album. The first album. It's it's I I know the cover. What's it called? Every hero needs a villain. Yeah. That's what it, oh, it's a beautiful, wonderful album. I think I just talked myself. I think we just talked myself into that being my number one. Sob okay. Rock's number two. Sob Rock. We'll talk about the one that you actually meant to talk about right now, which is Sob Rock. And I did. Why you love it? Is that really it? You can just listen to it anytime. I just think that sometimes. Okay, because the whole album is not like sad sobby. There's a lot of not sob songs on and there's a lot of very fun upbeat songs so, on it too okay. but it's just john mayer and if you have been listening to john mayer like forever I mean, Hannah, like, your body is a wonderful <laughs> <laughs> that's the only thing i ever think of when i think of john mayer that's not what you should think of but that's okay um and some you know sometimes there's like an album that comes out and you're like i didn't even know that this is how i felt about a certain thing yeah and then you hear it in a song or in an album and you're like oh those those are my feelings which is why I'm prefacing Sob Rock is not a sad album all in all and is not yeah. me saying I was very sad this year. It's yeah. just there were certain songs and certain feelings that I was like, oh, that really hits. And yeah. I listened to it a lot because I found it very relevant to certain things going on in my life at those moments. And because I listened to it so often as why I thought, okay, that's number one. But I don't actually agree anymore with myself that it's number one. Well, that's great. It's great to hear you're so impressionable. I know. It's... <laughs> Yeah. I am um, my Okay, so my number 1 is a new artist I found this year. So uh, you guys have heard I got uh, I got a big kid job and so I sit in my cubicle all day now, but I have a lot of time as I'm working to listen to music and the those are the live albums I listen to a lot of, like KEXP or like Tiny Desk concerts. Mm -hmm. Just like live music on top of like the albums I'm finding on Spotify. Like I'm getting a lot of Spotify time. And so, um, I, uh, I found this girl, her name's girl in red. Oh yeah. I've heard you talk about it. I love, she was my number one on Spotify this year and she, or no, she's my number two. I found her through another artist I found named Daywave. Wonderful artist. Uh, but she is this like, she lives in Norway. She's this like Norwegian young girl. I think she must be 20. I think she's just so mesmerizing and she even like, she has these like great breakup songs. She has these great, like, uh, like a really wonderful voice and her songwriting potential is so amazing. But like, I felt like she was this little best kept secret, but she wasn't because I find out later after like finding all this live recording that she did, Taylor Swift adores this girl. <laughs> and so, <laughs> and so Hannah asked me, she's like, what is your pick going to be like underground again? And I'm like, kind of and then i checked out her profile today like on spotify she has 10 million monthly listeners so is that underground i don't know in our circle yes it, what's like our nobody circle? else i don't know i don't know taylor swift is in my circle then mm, okay and like it, it's just crazy so i just adore this artist she's like great song so her album her, her debut solo album came out this year and i found out it's called if i could make it go quiet adore this album it is amazing i've listened through it like to it a million times over but then all of her singles because you know that's what they do it's usually right. pump out a bunch of singles and then do an album and so it, it her debut album came out and it i listened to it over and over and over and it's also the kind of thing that like grew on me you know so is this a girl that has a song about like a prom queen or something i think that's you played Be for me that's beach bunny who oh. i also love honorable mention in a different way beach bunny prom queen it's a wonderful <laughs> song about female body issues love it 
Um, wow. I'm oh, glad I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> You're welcome. We're just bringing up my top, my Spotify top five. It's a lot of sad girl renaissance music yeah. I say playing. It's my sad girl renaissance currently. Love it. Love, I, I just made Hannah dinner and I only listen to sad girls now that mm-hmm. I think of it. It's that. true. Soccer mommy, snail mail. This is just what I'm listening to. That's my entire Spotify right now. Um, Okay. Well, those are my albums. Anything left to say about your albums? No. Okay. Zarface, damn. Hannah, I came in with the sad with the sob rock, if I'm being honest. And <laughs> Hannah came in with the super white. Uh, with, with it's a really good album. Uh, what's it what's his song he has uh on that one? It, I feel like that came out in like January. This like, is canon now. This is canon now. It's, it's such a, a good banger. freaking song. And like for me, he I remember Jesse played Zarface for me, and I think I said this in like episode five of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Je- Jesse played. We definitely talked about them, talked about them before on the. Yeah, absolutely. Like he played, um, like it's a song. It says, "I'm cold like Leonard Snart." Is like the line, and that is a, the the secret identity of Flash's like premier supervillain, Captain Cold. And I was like, that that just felt like you know when they're referencing things you're into, that just feels yeah. like a secret between. Yeah. Between, between you and them yeah i'm yeah. like oh my gosh and i'm a sucker for that kind of stuff um i just want to say that that's my number one that's all okay, great I'm okay done. it's canon now oh <laughs> you get it Good okay job hannah okay my order in my list written down is all wrong so okay. we're gonna go into right now best tv show non-superhero non-comic book tv show okay so in my usual style i have my so I okay and well I also always get really stuck on this one because I never know if you're asking me to tell you my favorite TV show that started in 2021 or just like my favorite TV show that I happened to watch this year or favorite season that was new this year. And so I I'm never I'm never clear and so okay. I always write down like five options. Let me clarify. But I, okay, go ahead. Um it can be an ongoing series. It doesn't have to have started in 2021. But it has to if it it, it has to be from this year. Meaning, right. like, it, I told her Hannah and I love Bob's Burgers, and so we love it. The new, I'm like, it could it could be also. Bob's let us Burgers. know if you guys want us to do an episode just on Bob's Burgers because we did throw that out into the universe, but I don't know if that's going to be a literally popular it, take. Comment, you know, I would just do it just to do it because that is a Cause great. We just talk I talk about it all the time anyway. <laughs> I don't think we've ever mentioned it on the podcast. No, but um, you and I talk about. I send you videos at almost every single night. You know, it'd be the num- automatic number one best Bob's Burgers episode I just thought about because it's something we always talk about whenever we actually are recording. What? No guess. If Sam Rockwell was ever on Bob's oh. Burgers, I we would die. <laughs> I would just die. I didn't know where you were going with that. If Sam Rockwell ever did an episode that's like, wait, it doesn't even matter what if it was the worst episode in history. I miss him. I feel like I haven't seen him in a while. Dang, I'm sad now. Um, okay, so it it, it is. It has to be a series that has come out in 2021. Yes. So it can't be something that like was old that you watched it now. Right. No, it's, I'm. But it could be like a season three or four of something that you were watching yes. that started earlier. That's the that's the category for best TV show. Okay. So when I had thought it had to be new, I put White Lotus because that was new in 2021. Oh, yeah. Everyone loved that show. And I had a really good time watching it. Um, but that's not my real answer because my real answer would be season two of Ted Lasso. Oh my gosh, wow. That being said, I also started Ted Lasso in 2021. Like I hadn't it's been watching it live, yeah. so I started the first season and then we watched the second season. And then um, it destroyed the Emmys. Yeah. But it's and I told you to watch it and you did and you were really I'm in not love even with done. It. I know, but I so we we won't go into it. Um 
I'm like, I feel like I'm more than still chugging along. I'm two thirds, two thirds way through the second season and it's good. I just thought, wow, the first season knocked my socks off and I'm like, I still am waiting for the second season to be better and I don't know if it will be. So I just can't think of a show that I've ever watched in my entire life that I finish watching a better, happier mood or person or whatever yeah. like i can go into that show feeling any type of way and by the time it's over i'm just like so happy and like cheerful yeah no i, I agree i agree it's um that that is like all the best feel-good moments from the office but like on a more regular yeah. basis yeah and more likable i don't know i stopped myself because i felt like that was gonna it's it's a like controversial. It, it's a it's a subjective thing you know some people don't like the office some people do some people the office is always just going to get a, a look over the shoulder because, you, oh, here's a fun fact. My number one podcast listened to of the year was Office Ladies. Really? Which, and I like didn't even think about it like that. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm sure I went through the most episodes of that. But yeah. I was like, I didn't, I never considered it my favorite podcast of the year. So I'm listening to the One Tree Hill one. Oh my gosh. And the OC. And the, so. <laughs> so it's basically 2004 on the Gamerage yeah. Cox podcast. I've um, quoted One Tree Hill multiple times tonight already. Oh my gosh. Okay, my best TV show. Did you say your best TV show? White Lotus? Ted Lasso. That's not it. It's White Lotus. No, I didn't. I said Ted oh. Lasso season two. That's why we went into the whole conversation. Oh, I love Ted Lasso. <laughs> Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso was like comedy. Cameron and I don't listen to each other when we I talk. <laughs> we only talk to each other to hear ourselves talk. I only listen for you to make a mistake and then just magnify <laughs> the mistake. <laughs> so true. Um, I love like, oh man. Anyways. Yeah, no, Ted Lasso. That's a great choice. And it swept the Emmys, so I don't think you're you alone in that. You already said that. I know, but it swept okay. in late. That's what got me to watch it more than anything else. I'm like, why no, does this show... I got you to watch it more than anything else. I believe that you feel that way. <laughs> um, I was like, why is this show... And I'm like, it only has two seasons. How could I have like seven nominations? And it still kind of befuddles me, but I'm, I'm enjoying... But I'm more surprised and delighted by anything that's like, wow, in this day and age, a positive, upbeat show. Yeah. Is like that, that can exist. Yeah. It's like, oh wow, it doesn't need to be so dark and gritty. It gives me hope for the DC universe. That's all I'm gonna say. Um, Hit me with your best one. My best TV show was the series that ended this year, but it delighted me last year, and it came. It delighted me uh, in quarantine, and it came back and delighted me again. What do you think I'm gonna say? What do you think? I thought you were going to say Pen15. It is Pen15. <laughs> I was like, Dave was my favorite show last year, and I really did like this season, but Pen15 was, it, it was the finale season, and it made me really sad that it's ending, but, and I still haven't, you know what, I'm actually- I haven't even watched the new season yet. I'm at this, I'm, I haven't finished the last episode because I don't want to. you're so sad. It makes me really sad that it's ending because I, there's something about that cringe comedy aspect that I adore. And so mm-hmm. I you don't, do. I don't want to let go of that, but man, like, cause the, what, the, it is, it's just, it's not, it's more than just cringe comedy because, because it's also so personal and so like self-reflective and like. I connect to the feelings that they're feeling in the show as they're feeling them. And I just think that's a, that's a demonstration of amazing writing. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. so like to, I want to put them on, on blast and put them on a pedestal because they deserve it. It is the most wonderful demonstration of brilliant writing that I've ever seen. So like in a way that it, the way it connected with me and I think also the point of, I haven't finished it because I don't want to watch it end. Cause it would also like the the episode before the ending was like really 
it shook me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this right now. And then like the epilogue of that episode, I was like, ooh. So <clears throat> I'm really, I'm excited and I love that show. And I just, I, it makes me sad. But in all the good ways, because you, know, you never want something that good to end. And that's a great, that's a, that means a job well done. Mm-hmm. So it that's how I felt about Insecure. Because it ended and I was not ready. It's over? Mm-hmm. Everyone was talking about that. What is up now? Oh, I guess, you know, I've always been like the kind of guy where it's like they should leave while there's still gas in the tank. Like more good. Yeah, definitely. Good shows. And if Insecure and Pen15 are like that, then like mm-hmm. I think that's a good sign of the times. I think it's, uh, yeah, I'm not like, I think they did a good job in ending it when they did, but it's harder to like emotionally take it when you're like, oh, I wasn't, I wasn't ready for I, this to yeah. end. I also think that it's a representation too. Like with Pen15, I think they were so true to the source material because they had junior hires and those junior hires are aging. And like, it's so visible now. And it's like, oh man, like obviously the only two that aren't aging are Anna and Maya. And it's like, (laughs) because they're grown women. Because they're like 30. (laughs) I think Maya Erskine in that show is absolutely amazing. Yeah. I I think she's my favorite character because like, she goes all in. They both do. Oh, and the relationships with the parents. Anyways, that's my favorite. That's my favorite show. Okay. Hannah, what is your favorite comic book television show now? And this one, they, uh, this one's tough one, because there was, me. there was so much that came so out. So much. So you go first. Um, okay. Then I'm going to say Loki, but it was I know that WandaVision in the end didn't end up being a lot of people's favorites, but it stayed very high on my list. However, I was significantly more invested in Loki, and I think I had a better time trying to understand Loki. And like, there was a lot more like shock value in Loki to me than in the rest of them, where I was like, I cannot wait for next week's episode, and I need to know what that means. And then Jonathan Majors just freaking like just blew it out of the water i also just adore him and i think he can do no wrong but i thought he did so well i mean i don't know i didn't know like i don't know the backs like the comic book backstory of kang like you guys all you guys had to tell me that he wasn't kang though he was someone else he's like the emperor he like there's three versions of kang and that's why like the whole idea of variance from loki is like a thing well yeah but doesn't he play he's like the empress or emperor or something he doesn't he just i thought he plays king the conqueror though uh, that's the that's the, that the rumor no that, that that is that is just you didn't see king you saw a version of king. okay 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 you saw okay. a variant yes, of him and yes, that's yes, the yes, whole yes, thing yes. about loki anyways right so we did and we didn't okay Does that make sense but his portrayal i thought was mm-hmm. wonderful so i would say loki was my favorite but i also really thoroughly enjoyed every single series that came out and i could watch marvel content forever and the more you give me the happier i am so yeah it's there it's, was no bad ones i guess is what i'm trying to say you guys can listen to my loki review to find out how i feel about loki it wasn't my favorite but like it wasn't it wasn't my favorite disney plus marvel show it was a little too meta for me but i'm glad to hear like hannah was late just saying to me earlier tonight that uh, sci-fi content like it overwhelms you. And so to hear something as meta as Loki didn't, that's great news. And that means Disney just... Well, because there's a difference between sci-fi... I think there's a difference between what that was, sci-fi meta, whatever you want to categorize it, and like a futuristic 
movie that's the problem the problem that I was saying that I have with futuristic stuff is that there's too many elements in it that are very real for what's happening right now in life and that gives me anxiety like the certain like self-driving cars and like people using robots instead of servers or waiters or waitresses at um airports at restaurants and things that I just don't think are that far away but that I don't think would be good for a society those are the things that I get anxiety about but Loki was I mean that sci-fi meta world is so out of my realm of like possibility that that's where I don't have like there's such a disconnect there yeah if there's a secret time bureau you know right that doesn't feel like that's going to happen in the next 20 years that's also not going to impose on your lifestyle that in a way a potentially true sci-fi could Exactly. So you do understand me. Yeah, I'm listening now, but also you are. But also, Thank you mispronounced this word. <laughs> no, <laughs> probably. Um, yeah, no, I wasn't. I wasn't a huge Lucky fan. Uh, and I, I and you know, I was gonna say my favorite TV show that came out in 21 comic show was Hawkeye, but I realized it wasn't Hawkeye. Although Hawkeye was a Christmas show. Hawkeye was. Um, a Christmas miracle. Hawkeye was my favorite Disney Plus show that came out this year. It was? Is that what you said? Yeah, favorite okay. Disney Plus show. Okay. And that's basically out of all of them because four Disney Plus shows came out this year. And that was your favorite? That was absolutely my favorite. Okay. Because of... Because uh, uh, exactly what you're thinking of uh, when you're talking about Loki and it being mm-hmm. so meta, mm-hmm. that's the exact reason I didn't like Loki. Mm-hmm. Hawkeye was... So grounded and straightforward. Yeah. It was exactly what I needed, you know? And I'm like, finally, I can just follow this. And also, like, if I have to be so in tune with something as I'm watching it, I need my I need room for my brain to also explore. And I don't... Yeah. I don't Loki didn't give me that breathing room. Um, But that was my favorite show. All my right. favorite show, Invincible. Oh, I was trying to think what in the world could he possibly say if it's not me. I forgot about that one. I was you think, did love it. You know what? Out of all the comic book television that came out this year, and, I, and granted, I didn't watch Superman and Lois. I didn't watch um, a lot of the other shows. But out of all of the shows, uh, Invincible was the number one that I gave a 10 to because it was a 10. It was a perfect adaptation. Oh my gosh, when did the boys season two come out? I feel like that came out twenty twenty. I'm ahead of in twenty twenty. I don't It's been over a year and that makes me sad because that 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 would have been the competitor, but you know or, or March, I think. I just don't know when boys is coming out, but I think that's uh Invincible's adaptation was the one that gave me the idea that I want um of uh, of the of the podcast I want Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg to come on when anyone, because I think from an adaptation perspective, they are two people that understand the potential for this medium and the adaptations. Because I'm not, I'm, not, I, I'm not a huge fan of everything becoming adapted, but I mm-hmm. am a huge fan of things and nuance in comics and spirit of comics being adapted. And I think that they are nailing the spirit. What did you just look at on your own? The boys. It was 2020. It was 2020. So we didn't get any boys this year. Mm-mm. That's sad. Mm-hmm. That's really sad. I slept better. Yeah. <laughs> what was it? Okay, so because of Hawkeye, we got Hannah to start watching Daredevil. And Hannah, what, what did you say about the about Daredevil? <laughs> I thought that when I I when I put on Daredevil the first time, it was I, I don't know. I was home by myself one night, and like Damn. I thought I was putting on like a Marvel show. Like I was like because I hadn't seen it, so just like reference, I hadn't seen it at, at all, all yeah, except. I, Except Tell for the, the first, maybe, maybe the first two episodes, 
possibly three episodes that Cameron made me watch six years ago. It was literally when, I think 2015. So yeah. Yeah. Right seven. when it had come out, he made me watch it and I watched it. And this was, this was, this was pre my interest in Marvel days, pre my interest in like Fake comic fan. content. <laughs> <laughs> and so he made me watch these episodes and I was like, this is garbage. I hate it. Um, fast forward now I love him and he was like we were watching talking about Hawkeye and I didn't know the Kingpin reference Vince Nofrio yeah and him and Jesse Cameron and Jesse were like I can't believe you've never seen Daredevil you're totally blowing it which I blame on them because Mm. I asked for a list of comic book content to begin with and Daredevil wasn't on the list so this is not my fault but I went back to watch it last week after finishing Hawkeye so that I had more context to it. And I thought I was going to be watching a nice Marvel show. Like, wow. And it was so, it was so bloody. And like, if you remember from, or if you listen to any podcast that I've been on, like I just don't do violence very well or blood or like anything that's that. And Daredevil is definitely just all that. And I was like, Oh fuck, this is, I'm, that was, Oh, his head's okay. Here we go. And I was like, eh, you can spoil. Hannah saw a man use a bowling ball as a weapon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And there was a blood splatter that I was particularly not fond of. Oh, and, I, and I told her to get used to that because she's only on like halfway through season one. Just wait, just wait until John Bernthal's Punisher comes through because it is. I remember I watched something in that season. And I was like, oh my God. I, I watched. I was like, ah, that's extra brutal. <laughs> and I'm going to do it. I'm just. Yeah. Just I'm sad. just treading lightly because I'm not I'm not the same girl who watched I'm let not me, the same girl who watched Game of Thrones, you know? Like that girl's dead and she can't handle let me, let the me, new version. Tell me when you finish season one because I have just I'm on season three of my rewatch. Not even because of Dare, uh, of Hawkeye, just because like I was like, you know, ooh, if these are gonna become canon because of, because of the hint of the early Hawkeye mm-hmm. hint of the Kingpin or like uncle air quotes I say. And and uh because of that I was like, ooh, I wanna rewatch this and so because I said, uh, is this as good as I remember? And it's better than I remember, which is the best feeling in the world. So we'll see what you have nothing to remember except for what I told you. And I was uh, right. remember what I saw at your house. Hannah saw episodes one through three in my house <laughs> and she didn't remember that. She said, I'd never seen this before. And I said, well, that's because you made me watch it in soap opera mode. You know what? I don't regret any of my decisions. <laughs> <laughs> You can lead a horse to water, ladies and gentlemen, but you cannot make them drink. And she said, oh, I was n- nobody ever told me to watch that. I'm like, I told you, like, in 2015. <laughs> We've been friends for too long. The word hero gets thrown around a lot these days. <laughs> I hate you. Okay, so before we get into movies, I want to take a break and talk about comic books because that's what you guys are here to talk about. Um, so I'm going to make Hannah bear witness, unless she has the best ongoing comic series <laughs> to talk about. No, I don't. Um, and so the best ongoing comic series of the year, uh, that's a category that I throw in. I want to talk, you guys have heard me talk a lot about Donny Cates' Thor. You've heard me talk a lot about, um, you know, Tom Taylor's Nightwing, but I have to tell you, there's one book every month that surprises me and, and progressively has just become to the top of my list where it's like, I will come home with a huge stack of weekly comics, but none of them do justice then like better than this title. And that is the title that caught me all off guard. I did. I picked up the number one issue, not expecting to like it, but then it ended and I fell in love. I just knew I needed to pick it up. That series is Josh Williamson's Robin run. 
I almost said Nightwing, but that's not it. It's this Robin run. Okay, Hannah, just bear with me for a second. Yeah, I'm here. I'm bearing. She's on her phone. Uh, she's listening to me talk about it, but let me just... let me. Well, I can't contribute to this conversation at all. You can listen. I am. And that's, and that's what I need. Okay, so listen to this. And yeah. I, need, I need some sort of... <laughs> you, need, you need eye contact? Yes. Okay. <laughs> that's what a conversation <laughs> is, hopefully. <laughs> Okay, okay so I Hannah, okay. I want you. To, I'm gonna I'm gonna walk you through a, a, an oral history of Robins. So All Batman, right. like I don't know, I don't know how you, you're you're a Marvel fan, but let's let's walk you through some DC lore. Robin was really pretty much the thing that got me into comic books, and Batman has had more than one Robin. Does that make sense to you? Yes. Okay, so also, there's. I think I knew that. I'm pretty sure we've. I've, I'm, I've, you've told, I've, that's been a thing we've told. Yeah. Anyway, continue. Anyways. Okay. So you knew also yeah. she knew because of me. Great friend. That's true. <laughs> so that's true. Friends let friends know who the Robins are. <laughs> that, that is true. Um, so first Robin was Dick Grayson who eventually becomes Nightwing who like I adore is like one of my top five favorite comic book characters of all time. He is the coolest one for sure. The coolest comic book character. Um, he's Batman's first Robin who grew up and was super cool. Then you had the Robin that died. That was Jason Todd. And he becomes a supervillain-ish anti-hero called Red Hood, who's pretty okay. That's about as much as I have to say about Jason Todd. Um, everyone has their own opinion on him. Now you have my favorite Robin, Hannah, and his name is Tim Drake. Do you know who Tim Drake is? Have you ever heard that name? No. Well, then I'm not a good friend. <laughs> because Tim Drake is absolutely... The coolest Robin. He was the Robin that convinced Batman that there needs to be a Robin because Batman said after his last Robin died, he's like, hey, Batman, you need a Robin. And he is literally the best freaking sidekick. He's so cool. He's super computer smart. He has the best reinvented Robin costume. Please, everyone, if you have a computer near you, just go type in Norm Brayfogle Robin because that was the first reveal of Tim Drake's brand new Robin costume that did not have a freaking like leotard. And it was so wonderful, beautiful. I love it. Are you Googling it right now, Hannah? No, you didn't. You're just on your phone. But I was, had an important text message to respond to. You have an important Robin oral history right now. And I heard it all. That you could Tim respond Drake. to. Tim Drake. Okay, Tim Drake was the king of all Robins. Potentially better than Dick Grayson. That's debatable. Um, Tim Drake was the Robin for like 10 to 15 years. In, he like mid nineties is when Tid, Tim Drake came in. Mm -hmm. I actually found his first appearance in a dollar bin this year. Uh, I got it for five dollars. It was the best purchase I ever made. Um, he's my favorite. He was Robin for a long time. He was my Robin I was familiar with. But along came Grant Morrison's Batman run. Grant Morrison came in in like two thousand five. He introduced Batman's son Damien that he had with Ra's al Ghul's daughter. You'll know who this is because have you seen uh, Batman Begins? Yes. So uh, Liam Neeson in Batman Begins is Ra's al Ghul. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It just doesn't mean a lot to me, but okay. Okay. Have you seen all three of those movies? No. Okay. Have you seen the third one? What's the third one called? Dark Knight Rises. Oh, I've seen all three of them. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Dark Knight Rises. Okay. So Bat why did you say the Heath Ledger ones? It's not about that one. I just want to make sure you've seen the third one. Have you seen the third one? It's when it's when there's a bomb. Is that the Bane one? Bane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. so the girl that he runs back in the house with and he sleeps with and you find out she like stabs him. Rachel Weiss. No, it's not Rachel Weiss. It's um, mm -hmm. someone else. Oh, yeah. No, I know. 
She's a hard name to say. That is uh, Talia Al Ghul in canon. Talia and Batman pretty much slept together and had a secret son who who she raised to be a ninja. Okay, that son's name is Damien, and he's an arrogant little pos, and everyone hated him when he came in. Graham Morrison pretty much dethroned Tim Drake and brought in Damien, Damien Wayne, as the new Robin, and it was terrible. And I hated him, hated him, hated him. He dethroned my boy, and he literally almost killed him anyways. And I hate, ugh, hated Damien. Then Cameron hated him. I don't know if you guys know. It is, and also I. That's not. That's not the unpopular opinion. That's the thing is, so many people like like didn't like him because Tim Drake was so great. But Hannah. Mm-hmm. Peter J. Tomasi and Pat Gleason's Batman run, Batman and Robin run come along and it was one of the best things of all time because I've heard me talk about it before. It's one of my favorite comics of all time. I would say best run of the new 52. Then Super Sons comes out and Damien just starts winning me over in ways I never thought I'd be able to like this character and so many people. I talked to the artist of that series. I said, hey, Pat Gleason, you made Damien someone I enjoy. And he's like, yeah, I hated that guy when I started writing him. And I was like, what? It's uh, literally the guy working on the title didn't like the character. Now Josh Williamson says, okay, I'm going to give Robin his own title. I'm like, okay, Josh Williamson, I'll pick up issue number one. Because the Chuck Dixon, Robin, Tim Drake run, a.k.a. my favorite run, Mm -hmm. was good. But it wasn't that. But like, you know, it was over. So, okay. I was like, they can't replicate this. Josh Williamson did the impossible and made Damian Wayne's Robin run. My absolute favorite thing. He partners him up with another superhero son sidekick. That was amazing. It, it literally is such a good book and it's like true to Damian, but it also makes him likable. It, it's added so many, so much more depth to his character and it's brought back so many characters. I love like for everyone, for everyone uh, listening, there's two issues in particular of this run. There's the one where he kind of has a long conversation with Connor Hawk, who is Green Arrow's son. I don't know if that means anything to you. No. It made them friends in a way that I could not... Like, their dialogue together was a perfect scene because nobody could understand Damien like another superhero's child could, who is also a ninja. And then there's the the issue with um, all of the other Robins pretty much team up and become mentors to Damien or like they give him their support. And it was just like, what the character who literally like murdered one of you is like, has all your support. It's awesome. And so that, that series has only been good. And I think the final issue of the first arc is coming out and I'm so excited for it. And thank you, Hannah, for just humoring me anytime because this is called. That was good content. Yeah. I only had your attention for about one third of the time, (laughs) but it was worth it. Okay, Hannah. Now we get into the big cookies. Do you want to do um, comic book movie first, or do you want to do best movie first? Comic book movie. Okay, Hannah. What is your number I think one? You should go first. Okay. Okay. <laughs> that was that changes everything. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should go. No, I'll go. I'll okay. go. Um, I think we know what yours is. Hey, you t- definitely told me what it was, so that's that makes it easy, and okay. we'll talk about it. So mine. I did this comic book movie is where my honorable mention is as well. Mm. Um, but I don't know how much we can talk about it. Anyways, my number one movie comic book movie of the year was Zack Snyder's justice league because obviously Hannah and I have now both seen Spider-Man no way home. Yep. Uh, and that one was definitely 
had potential to be my number one. And there's places in that movie where, you know, that we we never thought it would happen again. You know, we never thought we'd ever see something like that happen. But I don't know if there's anything I thought less would happen than Zack Snyder's Justice League. <laughs> nevertheless, a four-hour runtime. Nevertheless, that narrative being as powerful as it was. Uh, that that movie knocked my socks off. I think that was the DC Comics version of Endgame. Um, and I was amazed by that movie. So, did you ever watch it? No. Did you even get around to watching the DC ones? No. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, I'm not, I have a harder time with DC. Like the movies don't, they just don't like resonate. Yeah. And I just, I don't really feel like a big pull to watch them. I don't know. And I mean, I've seen plenty of the DC movies, but I, but not, um, what was the, there was the Justice League that came out before the Zack Snyder one. Joss Whedon's Justice League. And yeah, that one I did see. Oh man. But I did not see the Zack Snyder one. And I, I want to. It's a lot. But it's a it's commitment. It's a big commitment to something that I don't have a lot of like stake in personally. And so. you know, it's this thing. I never thought I'd have a lot of stake in it either. And I was like, my bar. But my, you guys were so excited for it. Because it was like, wow, it's actually happening. And yeah. it's like, what? And, and, and. Again, like more than anything, I think that movie, it was something that we were waiting for for so long. And then it happened and it was like, wow, that actually, I think there was rewrites. And I think there was, everyone says the movie was done. The movie's done. The movie wasn't done. And he definitely added a bunch of stuff. There was reshoots and there's extensive reshoots, but they gave this guy without studio interference, the story he wanted to tell. And I think he did justice to the narrative that he wanted to do. Um, whether or not I think it was overall and, and, and 10 out of 10 is a different story, but I thought that, wow, that movie, it knocked my socks off and it blew my expectations away, which is the best kind of feeling. Like, and, mm-hmm. and especially mm-hmm. not knowing again now if that will ever happen again for that franchise in particular, you know? Uh, yeah. So it, it, that came out this year and that was, in, that was incredible. So I will gladly give credit where credit is due. And also I don't, for the fans, I think they, I think they want to know if I was going to eat my words. I, I didn't expect it to be good. And I was also wasn't excited for it. And mm-hmm. then it just blew me away, mm-hmm. which is the best feeling. I'm glad yeah. I was proven wrong. So that was mine. Hannah, what is your comic book movie of the year? What did you think I was going to say? I know what you're going to say. You told me. Did I? Yeah, did I believe I so. Spider-Man No Way Home. Yeah, probably. What was probably? What was it? Shang-Chi was that good? I really like Shang-Chi. Oh, that's great. I know you didn't really like it. It was, I really liked it because it was so different than what we mm-hmm. see. And I, I, it, it was, yeah, I really liked it. But I liked Spider-Man the best for sure. Yeah. I mean, who am I joking? Spider-Man. Who am I, joking? Who am I kidding? I'm like, <laughs> Spider-Man would have been my number one too. Cause like that movie. It was, it gave us literally everything we wanted. Well, I shouldn't say we. It gave me everything I wanted. I didn't, you know, I, I told I, Hannah listened to a lot of conversations between me and Jesse about how excited I would be about that movie. And I think a lot of the, personally, I think, which is weird that I chose the Snyder cut of the Just League, but I think a lot of the fans ruined some of the big punches and the big swings they took with Spider-Man No Way Home. And and that was the thing that I was like, oh my gosh, the fan speculation of that movie yeah. surrounding it ruined it for me. Well, because you didn't even really, you were not excited about it before it came out. Like you were annoyed. 
Yeah, I was annoyed. Because, uh, not because of the movie, because of the speculation and the like constant Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield conversation that was going on for so long. Yeah, no, I feel the same. Yeah. But I never felt that way because I was just excited because I, again, you know, you and I always have, we always say that we have very different approaches when it comes to these movies. Like I'm all for the fan service and sometimes you don't like that. I don't, yeah, I don't think the fans should dictate what's in the film. But that being said, and also like really a lot of it came, a lot of the soreness came from the fact that like my, my feed for, I swear, a straight month Mm -hmm. was uh, my Twitter feed. I love Twitter. And your Twitter feed, like, stream or whatever, what is, like, the number one news of the day is, like, oriented towards you. What you scroll. Yeah, it's yeah, based yeah, on yeah, content. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. all I follow is comic book people. Right. And so. But did the fans dictate the fact that Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire would be in it? No, they, they but they kept saying they're going to be in it. They're going to be in This is what's going to happen. This is what's going to This is what okay. they're going to say. This is, and I'm like, every day for, like, months. Yeah. And I'm like. The, I would literally just try and stay off Twitter when, when a trailer would drop because I'm like, this is literally, it's just not fun anymore. Like, I don't know. And now, now it's been so ingrained in who I am that if they don't mm-hmm. come, I'm going to be sold it down by this movie and that's not even a right. fair standard to put on it. You know, like all of that. Well, but I also really liked the, I liked um, Doctor Strange being in it and then that, that giving way to his next movie and I think the part of why I like I, why I liked Spider Man is because it is still in like the storylines that we've been following for so long, and it's gonna continue with yeah. that. And whereas, like I said, I I like Shang Chi and I like Spider Man for very different reasons. I like Shang Chi because it was new, yeah. But then I like Spider Man because it was familiar, and there was there's already a lot of emotion and att- att- we're already attached, yeah. And that's why I like that one so. I will, but overall, I, I I think I like I I would watch Shang Chi again a hundred percent. But I like watch out of Spider Man being like I can't wait to go back and see it again. Oh my gosh, yeah, no, I I, I saw it twice or yeah, saw it once, so. which is a big plug for AMC Stubbs, by the way. <laughs> oh but, yeah, you're right. But um, the one thing I'm just the, an A lister. There, there's two, I guess, three things that Spider Man did for me, and I'll, I will eventually do a Spider Man review. But we're here now talking about it, and it was again like. Everyone knows. I think credit where credit is due also for that film. Like that. Yeah. More than anything, they were able to do it and it didn't feel fan servicey. That felt like the way they constructed that narrative where like everyone that was crossing over were people that knew Peter Parker was Spider-Man. And then to consistently have the narrative of Peter Parker knows Peter Parker Spider-Man. That was wonderful. Loved it. I was like, that was, that was really great. Then, um, what was a bigger deal for me though and Hannah and I talked about this and I will warn you before this episode about spoilers for this movie because we're talking about it mm-hmm. um the, the the Matt Murdock Daredevil was a or Charlie Cox's Daredevil coming back in oh yeah, yeah, the yeah. Fold. yes we had it in Hawkeye and yes that was also alluded to to the point of my annoyance too but it was Charlie Cox being Daredevil again and that that scene was more relevant and more important to me than any of the other Spider-Men because I was like oh that was just like it just validates this my favorite character and my favorite representation of my favorite character you know and and it just said hey this matters to us too and like that's they they listen to the fans in a way where you know they they want to take it into so that was wonderful and then also more than anything this movie gets me most excited John Watts is now taking on like my favorite uh, Marvel franchise. One of my 
top three favorite Marvel franchises, which is Fantastic Four. Oh, yeah, you told me about that. He So uh, he directed these trilogies, and then he's also n- taking on Fantastic Four. Like, it is announced he's the director for that. Oh. Can I ask you a question about yes. Spider-Man? Yeah. Uh, we can make it quick, because I know we don't have, like, all that much time. We can do what we want to do. I was a little bit confused at the end of the movie, and since you're going to warn. Wait, you're warning people. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. Gonna, like, fully, because I'm going to, like, fully, End fully ruin something yeah, right ruin now. Yeah, ruin it, ruin okay. it. Okay, so when they're at Aunt May's grave at her thing at the yeah, end and peter, and and peter parker yeah and happy doesn't know who he is i guess i was a little bit confused because i felt like why how would happy have still known and loved aunt may if he had to get it erased from the fact that he ever knew peter parker was spider-man because that's the connection that he had to aunt may was her um, or i'm sorry was, was that's a great question and I don't know. So I would say, okay. and I don't, I, you know, there, there can be holes and I don't yeah. need to read into them, but I, that I was like, wait, I feel like you would. I feel like, but then Jesse thought that maybe he met Aunt May at something else before he met Peter Parker. But I was no like, I don't know about that. No way. Not, not at all. Um, anyways. Okay. That's a major hole in the story now. And now the movie's ruined. And I I'm know. So I'm so sorry. I'm so glad Zach's telling <laughs> Justin League with my choice. So, so da, 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 da. Um, it's fine. I can overlook it and I really don't care. I, it was, changes nothing for the story to me. That, and it changes nothing about the movie. But I did think like, that seems wrong. Yeah. That knocked the wind out of my cells right there. <laughs> sorry. No, I'm okay. I hate um, that I'm the one that did that. I would say no, I hate when people do that to me. So let's just assume he knew Spider. Like let's let's assume he met okay, well, May. Okay. Well, think about think about it like this. Uh, uh, Happy, Happy and Tony were connected. Yep. Um, Happy. So you have to think about it like this too. Number one, the entire Marvel universe has happened at that point. Yeah. Every, everything happened. Yeah. So Tony Stark knew Peter was yes. Spider Man. He yes. found that out. Yes. Tony died. Tony yes. didn't forget who Peter was. Right, because he died. Thus, uh, Happy could know who who Aunt May is through Spider-Man, not through Peter. Because Tony okay. knew okay. Peter and Spider-Man. I think that's the only way it can make sense. There you go. You just saved the day. The entire franchise. You're yeah. welcome. <laughs> I'm like, you can put me in the movie whenever you want. The, the best part about Spider-Man No Way Home, I will also say, the number one thing that that, that movie brought me back into because I, I thought the last thing I wanted for Spider-Man was the multiverse. And they were they were walking a, a, a freaking razor's edge because they were also partially basing it on the most controversial Spider-Man story of all time, One More Day, which yeah. is where Spider-Man pretty much puts he, his identity gets revealed in in the civil war comic book. Mm-hmm. His identity gets revealed and then he tries to put the genie back in the bottle and he makes a deal with the, the Marvel's version of the devil Mephisto. And he's like, Hey, oh. and so that's what they're like. Okay. We're going to put the genie back in the bottle. Now is that identity got out? We're going to put it back in. And I'm like, what are you doing? You know, don't based on that. Uh, so, but they, I thought the stakes were going to be that big. Yeah. And they were bringing the multiverse in. I'm like, oh my gosh, don't do that with Spider-Man. Come on, guy. We, we learned from the comic books. They made the stakes about him and his friends and their relationships. And that yeah. was pretty much what he sacrificed. They did it well. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, if it, I don't know how they were able to do that big of, that broad of a story and hone it into that much of like, oh my gosh, I'm Peter and this is who I am and, this, and I'm willing to make this sacrifice for my friends. It was like, it was so true to the character and they nailed that. Did you cry? Um, I didn't cry, but I wanted to. Sometimes I want to cry, but I can't. And those, yeah. are, that was those times where I'm like, yeah. 
Oh, it was it was, it was wonderful. Anyways, we gotta we gotta move on. <laughs> okay, your regular movie Sorry, now. Sorry, that was my fault. I still, I said that. We got like three more categories, I think. We yeah, we one. did. Three. Anyways, two. Your, we have two. Your movie. Um, this one I really struggled with. Well, I think I said that for all of them. I didn't think about that. <laughs> I didn't feel like the options were that great, to be honest. Okay. But that being said, I honestly, I feel like the movie that I liked watching the most and that I've watched more than once and I'm excited to watch again is Cruella. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's two years. I haven't even watched that one. It's, I don't want to. It's so good. It's so fun. It's so fun. I don't even know what else to say. What was your other option? Well, that's my honorable mention. No, you and honor. Oh, that's your honorable mention. Yeah. Was Cruella. Okay. No, okay. no, 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 no. My second backup option is going to be my honorable mention. Oh my! It's exactly what I think. Oh it's God. exactly what you think it is. Wow. I just love the shock. I factor. thought I thought we would be on the exact same page because you know what mine is already. Which is my honorable mention. Okay. Okay. So well, good for you for choosing another. But dang, hot dang. Hot dang. Okay, well, so this will no, make, make it quicker because we, then I don't have to do an honorable mention because we'll talk about it now. No, with we yours. will, we will, we will. Um, d- talk to talk to me more about Cruella. Sell me, <laughs> sell me Cruella right now because I, I, you know what? I truly don't know that I can sell you on it because okay. I, um, but I loved, I've loved that Disney's doing the flip side of the villains. They've done Maleficent. Yeah. Cruella, like I like I like that they're doing that because it's like a new story, but it's so familiar to us. Um, Emma Stone was brilliant. She was so oh, yeah. she was so good. But also the this is the girly side of it, which I know this is why this isn't going to be a selling point for you. But because I studied fashion, the fashion in that movie oh, is great. like just like unparalleled. Like it's so good. Yeah. Um. And the music is great. And also 101 Dalmatians is one of my favorite Disney movies, which is probably not a surprise. It's just a bunch of dogs. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> 101 Dang, to be exact. A bunch of dirty dogs. Um, yeah. And so I was really, I was really excited about it. And it was the first movie I saw back in theaters post COVID. Was it? Mm-hmm. Mine was Quiet Place too. Ooh, good choice. It was okay. But that's just like a good movie theater movie. Yeah, it was. Yeah. But keep going. Uh, no, so that's just, that maybe is why, like, I was so happy to be there, and then the movie just felt so big and grand and exciting, and that re- that feeling really just, like, stuck with me, but it's it's just a really good movie. I don't okay. know. It's well, so fun. The story's great. It's not what you'd expect at well, all. Well, that's great. Well, that's great. Like, that- your backstory to, Tro- to Corella, you're like, that's not where I would have... They went many routes that I... there there's There's twists and turns. There's shocks. Yeah, my my coworker said that she watched that movie, and I was like, man. And so, but now I'm like, okay, well, maybe I'll give Cruella a go. Um, okay, I, I I'm so <laughs> shocked. Okay, uh, my movie of the year, based on the few movies that I've seen, again, not seeing so many. I haven't seen Licorice Pizza, who is like my second favorite director of all time. So, you know, I know You're second. Done. Sam Chavez, Sam Mendes is my number one. Oh, that's right, I knew that. PTA was my number one for a long time, but he got dethroned by Senor yeah, Mendez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was oof, so good. Um, oh I haven't, I haven't even seen the new 007, which I am kicking myself for. It's not even cheap to rent yet, and I'm like, I'm not paying twenty dollars when I have AMC stubs. Holla at your boy. <laughs> <laughs> my 
My number one of the year, uh, a quick honorable mention of the movies I watched that I loved. Uh, I love Don't Look Up. I didn't see that. Or I did see it, but it's not my number one. It didn't surprise it me as good. much. Uh, actually, if you want to hear more thoughts on Don't Look Up, go listen to last week's episode, which is my interview with Mark Russell. I'm so proud that that happened. Um, okay, last uh, movie. Can we talk about Don't Look Up in that? Yeah. Because I tell him, that writer I believe in comic books is the Adam McKay, who is that director. He's the right. Adam McKay of comic books, and it is true. Um, okay. Anyway. Anyways. I... Number one movie is Tick, Tick, Boom. Yep, there it is. I don't like musicals, <laughs> but that movie just mesmerized me. It was so freaking good. And like, I love it. I was always an Andrew Garfield Spider-Man stan. Like, I always thought his Spider-Mans were the coolest. And I I was, before it was cool, I always thought, I can, you can ask Jesse, because I sent him my Spider-Man film ranking. My number three now Spider-Man movie was always Amazing Spider-Man 2. I loved it. And so Cameron fell in love with Andrew Garfield after Tick, Tick, Boom. Oh yeah. I was one of those people. Like you, were, you were raving about him after you saw it. Yeah. And, and Hannah asked me how many movies of his have you seen? And I was like, Spider-Man 1, Spider-Man 2. Like, <laughs> is there another? It doesn't matter. Um, I haven't Hacksaw even seen, Ridge. I haven't seen that. I'm just saying I haven't even seen, uh, uh, what's it called? Under the Silver Lake, which is mm-hmm. his like big A24 one. And I'm like, I freaking love Andrew Garfield. And also I was, I was a big stand of his relationship with Emma Stone, mm-hmm. not because they were like, but I'm like, Oh man, he just seems like a pure of heart. And then there's interviews that came up after his tick, tick, boom stuff like that. I'd seen, and I was like, he is the most tender human being. And obviously his work in social network is so compelling. I've heard mixed reviews on silence, which is his Martin Scorsese film with oh, I saw Adam driver. How'd you like that? Uh, it is long and boring. Long and dark. Oh, I don't know, but I want to see that. But him, him and himself, and him and his nature, I think, translates so well into Tick, Tick, Boom. And Hannah knows again. I don't like musicals. I thought it was a musical that compelled me, and also the Lin Manuel Miranda fact. I love Lin Manuel Miranda. So how do you love him if you don't like musicals? I, I this thing, Hannah. I don't even love Hamilton. I know you don't. I love Freestyle Love Supreme. In the Freestyle Love Supreme documentary, and yeah. the earnestness that yeah. he feels towards the like our, our his craft, yeah. I am just that's what's compelling. And also, he loves comic books, and and I mean that like he posts on his Instagram with a new Spider Man video game came out. If you look at the if you watch the old Freestyle Love Supreme documentary, he's wearing like Target Flash T shirts, and like I'm like Lynn. He's <laughs> he's also the other dream guest I would love so to if have. You ever have him on your podcast, and I'm not on it with you guys oh, you're i'll murder you in my sleep Hannah i mean will... in your sleep he has like a <laughs> day a classic sleep murder <laughs> some people sleepwalk not hannah sleep murder okay i didn't hear that anyways because <laughs> i like my life but yeah no lynn manuel miranda directed that, that that tour de force and like i it was the only musical afterwards where i listened to the soundtrack which is just I've had the funnest time with you loving this movie. And also I have found this so hard for me because so tick, tick, boom was going to be my honorable mention. I also feel fairly confident that it will be discussed again. So I didn't necessarily originally think like, Oh, I need to spend a lot of time on this because it's going to come back. Um, How did you feel about that? Cause Hannah, this is the funny part though. 
they you told me to go watch the movie Rent, and I tried to watch, it and I was like, man. And it even has Jesse Martin, who's in the Flash, and I'm like, I know. I'm like, yeah, no. I watched the first. That's five why. Minutes. That's why I think it's been fun having you have this be something that you adore so much because you saw Tick Tick Boom even before I did, and. He and Cameron was when we would talk about it, he would say like, oh, I've been listening to the soundtrack and blah, 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 blah. And like musicals, like if we were categorizing, like musicals are definitely more my world than they are Cameron's. Oh, of course. And I've seen them all. And I listen to the soundtracks at length pretty much after any musical I ever have seen and which is majority of them. And when I saw Tick, Tick, Boom, there's so many moments and so many songs that are so reminiscent and similar to rent that because context right is tick tick boom is about jonathan larson who is the writer of rent the musical yeah and rent is one of the first it's not the first musical i ever saw but it was the first movie adaptation of a musical that i had seen that made me like fall completely in love with watching musicals in this new form and watching so watching tick tick boom was like rediscovering rent again and and then and then cameron was like oh rent was too musical for me and i was like how would how how i'd like they're they're the same they're the same because they're he wrote them the same the the style the theme was are the same and it's so it was so funny and then the fact that it was lin-manuel who directed it which you love yeah but i also but again, I mean, I didn't know that about the comics, so I guess oh, that kind he of loves makes them. sense. Yeah. But I, I also think there are moments in Tick, Tick, Boom that I can point out are very stylistically similar to In the Heights or even moments of Hamilton. And there's course, little yeah. themes that you're just like, oh, yeah, like I that I love so much more. And I have another friend who loved Tick, Tick, Boom, and she's never seen Rent. And I'm like, you guys are blowing it. Like, you guys need to see Rent. It's just so, it's so unbelievably good. And I could sing every single song right now for you if you wanted me to. I don't want you to. Yeah. I know, and I don't want to either. <laughs> uh, she says, sadly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, it's Yeah, so, it, but it was fabulous. The acting was so good. The writing was so good. Yeah, no, it was... Exactly. Everything that you have to say about it, I I, com- I completely agree, and I cannot wait to see it uh, in its nomination. Yeah, for I want the you know, Academy Awards. I don't know where the movie will fall, but I would put money on Andrew Garfield being nominated. Oh, I think, and I really I don't know based on what I've seen. I really hope he wins because there's just like this this earnestness, and I think if you were able to translate that into a character like any character you're portraying, I think there's a piece of Jonathan Larson like what that movie has to say about artists as well mm-hmm. is, is, is really like there's a wholesomeness to that. And not that I consider myself an artist, but like in the pursuit of trying to make something like this happen, um, there, there's just a kinship. Yeah. And like, yeah, 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 and definitely. like, and, and to witness, I think there's also something so special to understand about Jonathan Larson's life to the point of his death. And mm-hmm. I don't want to spoil that for mm-hmm. the people that don't, don't Wikipedia that before you see the movie. There's something so special about, that part of it in, in, in the narrative. And so it, it, it's a love letter that Lin-Manuel has because I feel like he struggled for a long time to get to the point where he's at yeah, and, and a kinship that he has. And I think that's what also is just a layer that makes that narrative so special. And, and the, 
that's why it's compelling to me. You know what I mean? Like, I don't feel that like special, like that closeness to something like don't look up, which I love. Cause I love Adam McKay, but it's, you know, I, I didn't feel that with other movies I watched, you know, Hannah and I were, we, we tried being the Ricardos and it just, it, it wasn't it for us. And so, um, yeah, I, I wanted to mention those. Okay. Before we get into our actual category of honorary mentions, I have well, one. Well, mine's done. Well, you will talk about it more. Okay. Um, <laughs> I want to talk about best single issue of the year, Hannah, and oh. you're just going to have to humor me. Yep. So there's ongoing comic book series, but also, also uh, this might be a new category. I don't know if I talked about it this last year, but... I don't think you did. There was... Uh, no, one of the... You didn't... Trade secret. Hannah wasn't in the room when I recorded the yeah, comic book sections. Yeah, but I listened to the sections. episode. Oh, Best single issue of the year. There's usually an issue that sticks out to me every single year as I read it, and I'm like, oh my gosh, Like I don't know if comics could get better than this. Robin had a few of those this year, but... There's a series I keep talking about on the show, and this issue is what is what gives it credit, and that is Nightwing number eighty three by uh, Tom Tom Taylor with art by Bruno Renando. Uh, this issue, okay, I just there's so many bases that Tom Taylor. I've been listening to a lot of interviews with this creator. He's one of my favorites. He he, a lot of the DC universe now, the modern DC universe, I think is is leaning towards his writing style, which is very hopeful and also very fan service. And he says, he's like, I don't think there's anything wrong with giving fans what they want. He did a couple things in that issue. Number one, in this run of Nightwing, he has brought in Dick Grayson back. Like he, this character was someone who's all over the place. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, every writer takes a creation differently and, and he took that creation differently. And so I, I found, uh, his Dick Grayson to be very, back to the way I know him. He brought him the heart back to the DC universe, but he also brought like the spirit back to the DC universe. And, and Dick Grayson is the heart of, of that entire universe, which is like the best feeling in the world. And to know that our writer recognizes him the same way the fans do rules. And so he, he, he is imbued with all of this wealth pretty much in that issue. And, and he, he says, okay, I, I don't want to just sit on this money. I want to be able to do something with it. And he announces what he's going to do with it. But also within that run, there's a supervillain running around. And he has to resolve that. And my biggest thing I've been waiting for for DC for the longest time is Dick Grayson, the Robin, and Barbara Gordon Batgirl. I just want them to be together. I want them to get married because I think they should be married. Because they're the only two people who had the same upbringing and understand what it's like to be a youth fighting crime and also be under like the thumb of Batman because Batman's a tough mentor. Um, and he brought them back together. And he just took so many swings where it's like he did so many things in that issue where I was like, oh my goodness, like this is exactly what I wanted. And so before I had anything on this list, I had that issue on my list. And so I want to give credit where credit's due. My second favorite ongoing series was the Nightwing uh, by Tom Taylor, Bruno Redondo run this year. Uh, I actually missed the first issue and it sold out so quickly that I had to pay $20 to find it online. Oh my goodness. Isn't that sad? Sad. How, how come that's not what you responded to and not the Barbara Gordon, Dick Grayson romance? Because the only thing I understood out of everything you just okay. said was spending $20. And that's okay. And also I haven't read number issue number 87 yet, which I believe it just came out. It is... Um, this this guy Bruno Redondo, who's an amazing artist, uh, pretty much did the sequence of the art, and like he, the way he draws sequences are so cool. And he basically made this comic book one lar- long sequence, and so literally mm-hmm. like 
You know how there's panels? There's not quite any panels. It literally just keeps going and going and going and going and going. And it's so cool. That's great. <laughs> and that's all I needed from you. Okay, Hannah, what is your, your number one honorable mention of the entire list? Of any category? Well, I, I originally I had planned on saying Tick, Tick, Boom. But I feel like we have at length discussed that movie. And luck... Luckily for you, I am I'm quick and I have <laughs> taken in me. a good amount of content, so I have a very great backup. What is it? Which would be honorable mention. It would be uh, season four of Succession. Season three. Season three of Succession. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, that's the first ever. That's the first ever one to be like not even out yet. It make it on the best of the year list. Wow, congrats, Hannah. You know who is the co-creator of Succession? Uh, Adam McKay. Adam McKay and Sam Rockwell, but just not credited or actually a, a part of it, but I love him. Um, okay, Hannah, season three of Succession. I'm only on season, halfway through season two of that. Is yeah, it the best? Right, it was season three. I really could have sworn it was season four for some I'm a bigger reason. Fan. I had to fact check you. <laughs> no, you're definitely not. Um, <laughs> yes, I think it was the best season so far. Oh, great. Is it, it gave me Adrian Brody, which wow, I didn't even know I needed. And I love him. And I'm actually so excited for him. I think he needs, I think that guy's actually so talented. It gave me Alexander Skarsgård. It gave me, oh, wow. That's... and also just a 10 out of 10 performance from Jeremy Strong, he... which I don't think he's ever given less than that. But this season was his pivotal Really? Oh my god, it was so good. And the writing was so good. The writing on that show is ridiculous. And I think it's getting better. Wow. Either that or the characters and maybe like the actors are starting to really just like de- like they are becoming those characters so they're delivering it. I don't know, but but something about this season worked significantly more for me than I mean all the seasons have been brilliant, but there was just there was like a realness to this season. And almost like a comfortability in the characters. And also you are just accepting that like you're not watching one redeemable person. Oh. <laughs> and you love them for it. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. You're 100% right. Um, so yeah. that would be an honorable mention because. Yeah, Jeremy Strong is the most underrated person on that show. I'd say by a lot. I think Jeremy Strong is debatably one of the most underrated actors of our time. Oh, I think you're 100% right. And, and, you, and when you look at his credits like what he's been in, you're 100% right. And it, but it's yeah. also good to see when you look at the credits that he's not overlooked by, by you know, uh, directors and casting agents and well, No, but else. he was the star of a scandal. What was it? What was the scandal that came out about him? We I was very, him. I was like following it. He, they, I heard he was a method actor and that was about... Yeah, so basically some guy, I don't, I never, I didn't read the whole article, but there's a guy for the New York Times who wrote this profile piece on Jeremy Strong and in his method act because he's a method actor which most of the time I think when people talk about method actors you don't ever hear about it in like a negative connotation it's kind of like oh my gosh this guy is such a good or this girl whoever is such a great actor or actress that that's why they're able to like portray these roles so well but this guy really put it in a negative spin Mm -hmm. and made him made him seem a little bit like unhinged and like have these like crazy preset 
things that he had to go through that were annoying to the cast and to the crew. And he, he sent an email to Aaron Sorkin, um, asking him like, what was it like to work with him on trial of Chicago seven? And he sent him like seven questions or something over email and Aaron Sorkin wrote him and, and, and sent him back. And when the guy put the piece out, he didn't quote him in full. Yeah. And so he, he, he made it sound like Aaron Sorkin kind of like was shitting on him. But yeah. then every, like all these actors and actresses like came to his support and they were like, this is not how he is and working with him is not this way. And Aaron Sorkin posted yeah. the full email, email interview and was like, actually, this is what I said about him. Yeah. And it was just crazy. And I, it was like a weird thing where I feel like I talk about Jeremy Strong kind of a lot. And most people are either kind of like, oh, yeah, or they don't know who he is. And then this piece came out and he was totally trashing him. And it's it, that's why I think he's so underrated. And I don't quite know what it is about this world or Hollywood that seems to not want to, like, embrace him. Mm. But I find it very I find it very interesting. You know what's so crazy about that show is that he he tried out for uh, Kieran Culkin, Roman's role. Kieran Culkin. Oh, I didn't he know He literally wa- tried out for that one. They They said... Oh, then Kieran Culkin like literally blind sent his audition in. Uh, they they weren't even opening up casting calls yet, and he just sent in a tape of him reading a scene, and he got the part. And then, but Adam McKay knew he wanted Jeremy Strong to be a part of it, or or some producer. Uh-huh. And then they said, "What about this one?" And I don't, I could not picture Miss Roman. Not to say no. that's without him. Not to say that he doesn't have the r- uh, range for it, but him as uh, oh my gosh, what's his name? Kendall. Kendall is amazing. Yeah. I love that show. Um, it's great. It's I just have to be in the right mood to watch it. Hannah, Hannah and Daredevil is like me in Succession. Yeah. Um, okay. My honorable mention is a movie Hannah has not seen, and it is Eternals. I was so delightfully surprised by Eternals, especially really? after we watched Nomadland. Because I didn't know what to expect. Because Chloe Zhao uh-huh. was the director yeah. of Nomadland, right. and then Eternals. And... This movie got a bad rap right before everything came out. Uh, I couldn't even tell you why. I think some of it's homophobia, some of it's weird fan gatekeeping. I think that number one, like the Eternals is such a complicated franchise and uh, uh, Jack Kirby is some is a creator. He's a creator of that. He, he, have I have you ever heard me talk about Jack Kirby? Yeah, yeah, all the time. He is, I, I, I would argue, the greatest mind in comics. And yeah. Bar none. Yeah. Uh, period, uh, exclamation point, all of it. Uh, he's the greatest mind in comics. And that is a property that he wrote and drew and created after coming to DC, after working, you know, so many years on Marvel. And that's what, that's what he wanted to do. And I think it's a complicated franchise and I don't know if they've ever quite found their way, maybe even mm-hmm. until now, mm-hmm. but, um, Chloe Zhao taking that title on, I was like, Oh, I don't know. Cause I, I didn't know how no band land, resonated with me but i was like i just know that that film i watched is going to be beautiful and the runtime was like two and a half hours i'm like i just don't know and so um watching that movie it did something i just didn't know marvel movies could do it was everything i didn't think a marvel movie could be it took and and everything i didn't know a comic book superhero movie could be it took all of the themes and it literally just turned them upside down while also uh remaining true to the hero narrative which is just like i didn't i didn't know how it did it i think it was so i still don't understand quite how they were able to master it and so i'm really excited to watch it again 
Um, I'm so surprised by this, actually. I I'm think surprised that, that you liked it this much. Oh, I think it is so. I think it's the most underrated movie of the year. Uh, and obviously, I'm a comic book fan, but like I can tell you, I've read one Eternal story, mm-hmm. and it is the Neil Gaiman, John Romita Jr. one for the fans. But I wasn't a huge fan of it. I didn't get it. I haven't read the Jack Kirby stuff, and so far, I've heard it's not. You know it, that 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 Jack Kirby series got canceled. You know, there's never been an ongoing Eternals run that like lasted very yeah. long, and so I'm like. This franchise, I don't know what they need. And Chloe Zhao's take on them was so... It's dysfunctional family, superhero team, in a way that you've never seen that. Because I feel like when I say that, I it could paint a picture of like almost the Incredibles. And it's like, it's not like that. It's what are, what are the stakes of being an immortal, but also, you know, watching the world go through what it goes through. How can we have love for humanity? And like, how, how, how can we cope with one another? It was such a beautiful human narrative while also being something that is so like true sci-fi like mm-hmm. it was amazing and then it's like are any of these characters even likable like do they care about humanity it was just it was insane how they did it and then the ending blew my mind uh uh only good things to say about that movie but it's been hard i haven't been able to i haven't been able to review any of these movies so i've been having a hard time finding time and also just a person to talk to them about so now I'm excited to watch it now. Oh, I'm glad. Week. I'm glad. That was my absolute honorable mention. That was going to be before Zack Snyder's Justice League, and like I knew we were, I knew we were going to talk about no, Spider-Man: No Way Home. Yeah. I just wanted to have a chance to talk about Eternals because I think that movie was so freaking good. Like, you know, it, it's funny. I saw a post that said, "Don't say." A lot of combo fans thought like Eternals was long and boring. And I'm like, a lot of comment, but uh, they were the same ones saying that Dune was a war- like a masterpiece. And they were like, <laughs> don't say Dune's a masterpiece and say Eternals is boring. And I'm like, you are 110% right. Cause I felt like it, it had the same energy. So I didn't see either. So wow. Hannah, thought you were cool. Oh yeah. Yeah. Dune is not, I feel like up your alley at all. I don't think it is either. I'll, I'll probably, I would like to watch it. I just mean like with what you're saying about sci-fi. I'm no, like, that's, I know. Yeah. I know. Alrighty, well, Hannah, thank you so much for coming on Thanks our um, best of the year. Hannah will come back sooner rather than later, and we'll also try and be um, probably two months within the next two months. Two months for Oscar noms, but also yeah. I have I have a series of books I want you to read. I think I might make you leave with them. Um, okay. I I also want to just take a moment to give a huge shout out to the listeners of this podcast. We have now been doing this for. Uh, a year and eight months, which is, I, n- I never thought I could have this platform and, and do this. And I just thank you guys all so much for supporting me. It is so moving and is so uh, powerful. So please stick around for the YouTube stuff coming out. Um, I have a lot, a lot of YouTube stuff I'm, I'm putting in the can. I'm focusing a lot more on that. You may be seeing this format change over time, uh, but that's a good thing because that just means that I'm able to be able to put out the content I want to put out and enthusiastically and for your guys' sake more regularly. So check out YouTube. I'm trying to do two videos there along with the podcast weekly. If I don't have a podcast out, go check out the YouTube. And just to get you guys over there or if you're not able to watch those and you just want to listen... Tomorrow, all of the premium YouTube content audio will be available on the Cam Reads Comics podcast. So go check that out. That's for you. If you're listening on YouTube, make sure to clobber those like and subscribe buttons and comment on what we were talking about. Hannah, what do you want to hear from them? Their takes on No Way Home or their lists as well, right? I want the lists. 
or the lists. So give us your list of your favorite content. You know the order, even though we didn't at the beginning of this episode. <laughs> um, or out of order. I don't care. Give it to me however. Do, do what you want to do. That is the Care Reads Comics podcast motto. Thank you for listening. As long as you have, please keep listening. Remember, I'm Cameron. I don't just read comics. I love them. See you next time. Bye.